If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hey cuties, I'm Miles Sexton, a content creator, activist, and loud and proud disruptor of the norm. On our private bits, we talk about the things and people that don't get talked about enough or at all. Trust me, as a sober, HIV-positive, non-binary person, I would know. Join me as I chat with people in my life and from around the world whose stories deserve to be heard. Maybe you'll learn something new and you will definitely LOL. Our private bits is also part of the ACAST Creator Network. All right, cuties, today on Our Private Bits, we are going to be talking about bunking, (laughs) knocking boots, shagging, and also known as sex. (laughs) I want to say hi, babe. Sure. Hi, everyone. (laughs) What do you all call sex? (laughs) Do you have any like funny little lingo for it? (laughs) Before this episode, we looked up a list of like 140 (laughs) different ways to say sex, and it was like some of them were really funny. What was your favorite? Uh, what, what did I say? What my favorite? Slam in the clam. <laughs> Throwing a hot dog down an alleyway. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> That's it. So on today's episode, not just talking about sex, but we want to sort of like, I guess, talk about our journey, I think, of, you know, discovering, I think, our own sexualities and sex and like what it's been like for both of us and a bit of myth busting i think around having sex with a trans man so i think there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh mom don't listen to this episode uh, yeah there's you know a lot of a lot of things especially for someone like myself um a lot of fears and unknowns that i didn't really know going into dating you so um yeah so i really wanted to kind of like deep dive into that Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about it you and me. Let's talk about everything. I don't know the rest of the words. I hope that makes that. Uh, I hope that makes the podcast. Get <laughs> my career off. See, I'm the funny one. You tell yourself that. Okay, so I guess for you, you know, what has been your sort of like sexual journey i guess and like discovering your sexuality because i think like you know i think for both of us it's been super diverse (laughs) i guess and how we've you know sort of figured out i guess like what we liked and what we're attracted to and what turns us on i don't don't think um 30 minutes is long enough for us to go through 
Tyler's sexual revolution. Yeah, I mean, I, I Tyler surprised <laughs> me with some of the stories. So, but you know, just talk talk about the you know the key points. The key points. Um, I don't know where do you want me to start. Like, um, start when you're younger. Like, like, what was that? What was it like? How old were you when you lost your virginity? Mom, I really hope you're not listening. Um, how old was I when I lost my virginity? I want to say that I was. I don't know, like f- 13 or 14, oh, yeah. but like that was like, um, I came out as like, uh, as a lesbian and, um, yeah, having those quote unquote sleepovers, you know, it's braiding each other's hair, <laughs> braiding each other's hair. Yo, gay. <laughs> Playing doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just, um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But like, what was your perception of like sex? Like before you had sex for the first time? Like, what, I don't remember what? like my parents really sitting me down and like having that conversation. So mm-hmm. I don't really know. I remember getting in trouble once though. Cause I was like, you know, you're at the age in like high school and everybody's like talking about like blowjobs mm-hmm. and like fingering so and like, you know, like all that stuff. And you're like, I didn't really have like a sex talk. I don't think with my parents. So like, again, like high school was like the dawn of the internet for me yeah um and obviously the dawn of anything you don't realize that there's like private browsers or like mm-hmm. maybe something that's everything's gonna show up on your internet history yeah yeah <laughs> so i remember like getting um i got in trouble for like obviously looking up stuff that's so funny but were yeah. you like outed because of that no like no. even surprisingly i was just like i think, I think <laughs> no it wasn't even like it wasn't even like lesbian born no I was looking up at BBCs. Now, if that wasn't a fucking indication that I was gay as shit, I don't know what it is. <laughs> for people who don't know, that's a big black cock. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. That's what that stands for. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. I mean, for me, it was like, I was so afraid of sex, you know, when I was younger. I, I very much like grew up in a vi- an environment that was yeah. like, you know, very like shame, fear, abstinence totally. sort of base. I remember like, when we had our first sex ad class, I was like repulsed, you know, like being like, what? Like a penis goes in there. Like, oh, that's I, so I, just, funny. I couldn't believe it. I was like, so disgusted. I remember going home being like, ew, like mom and dad, you do that. Like I was like getting so mad at them about it. Cause I just like, couldn't like fathom Fam- that people did that. That's so funny. I like my sex ed class. I was like fascinated, I think, but I was more fascinated because of like, um, I think on like the fact that like I didn't have bits that I thought I like that I I knew I should have. Mm. Right. So like, like either straight sex or gay sex interested me only in the sense that I like saw myself as the male in that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I never really associated with any of like the female. um, Yeah. I get that. Yeah. It was just weird. Okay. And then, you know, so then I guess like, you know, you moved, you started going to gay bars and you started totally. like discovering. Like, before we talk about gay, before yeah. we talk about gay bars, I think like, like the early sexual, like, I guess realization of stuff. Like, did uh-huh. you ever not like, we all remember MSN chat yeah. and like the chat groups, uh-huh. right. And like <laughs> webcamming and stuff. Right. We all know that a hundred percent like chat roulette. Uh-huh. Right. Chat roulette. I feel like MS, I feel like that's where like the curiosity started coming from because like MSN was like, 
you could like reach out to anybody. Everybody on there was like, you know, swapping pictures, I guess, and like 100%. some staff and like, like really pixely webcam. A hundred percent. I feel like that was a lot of like the uh, the discovery. Oh my god, I was the worst. Moment. So like, once we finally got the internet, like that was like game changer for me because I finally could like understand why I was like, you know, I was so repulsed because I felt like even too like sex education was like very much like from a perspective of like a woman and it wasn't like you very rarely got to see a penis which i think is very interesting like it's like which is like kind of like super misogynistic is that like so much about birth it was all about yeah exactly and it was like very much about the vagina you know and it's like which is just like i think it's like also stigmatizing you know and putting shame on women for having sex which i think is so fucked up like women should be just as sexually liberated as men are you know and all people but um you know so then once we got the internet i was like oh my god porn and discovering all of this sort of stuff and uh but like to your point of like msn i was like the worst i used to go into these like chat rooms i would pretend that i was a girl and i would like get these guys to like add me on msn (laughs) but like my my msn handle was snowboard underscore dude zero four underscore (laughs) 17 at hotmail.com but they would send it anyway so they would add me but i would like change my picture to like a girl's picture that i would like just like found off of google or whatever (laughs) i know such a catfish and like it was so funny because like these guys would be like, "Why is your email like snowboard dude?" And I was like, "Oh, because you know, like people say like, oh, dude, like you know, like I was just using it as like you know, like a slang." And they were so dumb that they would like literally believe me. And the next thing I know, they're like jerking off on the teen webcam. boys are <laughs> teen boys are so stupid. They just want to jerk off for anyone. I don't even think they freaking cared about no, the dude teen, or not. Teen <laughs> teen boys are dumb. Teen boys do dumb stuff. It was so they're funny. so gullible. Literally, so gullible. Hilarious. But then, like, <laughs> I have another funny story that I have to share. So, like, I went into, like, a, I became a bit crazy with, like, online porn. Because I was like, oh, my and God. And nothing's this, changed. This, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. This world of, like, everything that I, like, had no idea existed. And uh, I'll never forget. I was having some friends over for, I think it was, like, a birthday party. Did you have a dick viewing party instead? <laughs> Listen, so I was like one of my one of my friends. I was like, oh, like want to go turn the music on on the computer because we were like downstairs in my basement. And that's where oh like the God. family computer was. I can see where this. And is she going. just like opened up like the there was already like an uh like the the kind of like music video player thing was already open and she just hit play and said it like I just assumed that the media- music just had stopped, but it like there was no like video on the screen. Oh my god. And next thing <laughs> next thing you know, it's like this big, like beefy guy like holding this other guy in the air and just like pounding him is on the screen. And I was like, Wow! Oh my god. And I was like, how did that get in there? Pop up, pop up. And like tried to close it. So oh yes. Quickly. The good old nineties, blame it on the pop-up. And I was not out at this time. Like no like I was not even talking about my sexuality at all. So I was like so mortified. But it was like Just blame it on your brother. Oh my god. <laughs> no, like my brother wasn't even old enough to like Oh yeah, your brother's younger. That. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I was like, I never, I was so embarrassed. And I was like, oh shit. Like, I, I have to actually ask that person sometime if they like, if they remember that story because so funny. it was so funny. But, uh, ugh. but I was like much later than you. I lost my virginity. I feel like when I was like, like 16, maybe I, it, like I, I was like, and it wasn't like by a lack of like trying, like I was like, I wanted to lose my virginity, I guess. Like, I guess because I just, like, wanted to solidify my, um, 
my queerness, I think, at that point yeah. of being like, okay, is it, is, am I actually queer? Do I, like, enjoy this? Like, I don't know, you yeah, know? Totally. And, like, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. So, bars. So, yeah. 20s. So, I uh, I was fooling around with girls um, a lot. Uh, I don't know, through the whole sexual journey, though, like, even being and identifying as a trans man, like, I never... I was a really late bloomer to begin mm-hmm. with. So, like, I never really like develop breasts. I didn't have hips. I never got my period. Mm -hmm. So like, I really didn't disassociate with my body much. Like my body was my body. And Mm -hmm. I was like, fine with that other until like, I really kind of started getting like, um, um, like, my breast started to like grow a little mm-hmm. bit again, like super late bloomer. And, and believe me, they were like bee stings, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't really disassociate with like, or have dysphoria in regards to like my genitals as, okay. as much. So mm-hmm. in like, in that sense for me, for like sex, it was more like, you know, obviously like it felt good and I didn't really have any like boundaries uh, necessarily like what maybe other trans men um, have. Um, so yeah, just fooling around uh, as, like, a lesbian early on. And then I didn't really use, like, toys until, like, later 20s okay. either. It was just very, like, body-on-body body kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, get let's get a little bit older. And, like, in my 20s, I was the first time that um, I had, like, fooled around with a guy. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because, like, I remember telling my mom that I'm, like, um, mom, I think I'm gay. And I had a bigger struggle with like telling my mom or even conceiving the fact that I could mm. be a gay trans guy. Cause like it wasn't before, like I was looking at men, um, and it was a very fine line for me of like, am I looking at them because, um, that's how I see myself or am I looking at them because, um, I'm like sexually attracted to them. So it was a very, like, it was a very like fine line and like, I couldn't really, differentiate like you know my my sexual attraction in that sense because i I think it is very close of of like trying to figure out like is that who i want to be or is that who i want to be in (laughs) Mm -hmm. but did you like i guess like prior to hooking up with that guy like did you like experiment with penetration at all like up until that point or like that was like really your first your first time Um, like experiencing that no, I mean, like, outside of, like, obviously using body parts and stuff like that, like, penetration has, ha- like, had happened, but mm-hmm. I, like, like I said, like, no, like, no real toys or, like, other, un- like, physical anatomy. Mm-hmm. So, I was, like, about about 20. Okay. Because I know, like, I, 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 like, especially I follow, like, quite a few different trans people online, mm-hmm. and, like, a lot of trans men are, like, not into penetration, like, at all. Yeah. You know, like, that is not something that turns them on, and, like... I think like my, like, so my first like experience, I guess like that was with like, um, my ex who I, who I ended up marrying, Mm -hmm. um, was a trans woman and, um, they also didn't have bottom surgery done at the Mm -hmm. time. So I I feel like that was probably my first experience with like, um, penetration in the sense that Mm -hmm. like, uh, we both really didn't have dysphoria in, within our like genitalia in that mm-hmm. sense and like it was just more of like looking at her like i i saw them as like um like a full woman anyways mm-hmm. right and, and vice versa um so that was my i think probably first like penetration mm-hmm. um, experience and then um yeah in, in my 20s late like well i guess early earlier twice when i told my mom that i think it was gay my mom's like well you're never gonna know unless you want to date and stuff like that so yeah do you find like because you like, you know, because you're trans, like, has it been, like, difficult, I guess, like, in terms of, like, 
hooking up or like are people oh like, God, a, like, a, like people not into it? Like, so it's so funny that you say that. Cause like when I was with women, every time that we'd break up or like whatever, I was over it or whatever. Like the mm-hmm. first thing I would do, I think that again, I don't know why it took so long to be like, I'm really gay mm-hmm. would be, I would just go on like scruff or grinder, which are like the hookup apps. And like men are just so easy to hook up with because mm-hmm. like nobody cares. Like, I mean, in the sense of like, I don't need a backstory. We both know what we want. It's, you know what I mean? I never have to see you again if mm-hmm. I don't want to. Um, so I was on, I, I was on grinder, uh, for a while there. And like grinder to me was very like, immature individuals mm-hmm. i found on grinder to be honest with you like on the younger scale yeah. um a lot of people on there that were just like strictly men for biological men mm-hmm. in that sense uh, a lot of questions and a lot of like i shouldn't be on their messages and like stuff like that but where when i was on like scruff it was like total opposite like i found scruff is very open-minded more mm-hmm. mature individuals on there in the sense of like age and mentally mm-hmm. maturity and um dating apps i just again like i transitioned so young like i've tried everything in like dating and hooking up where it's Mm -hmm. like you know i disclose right away you know that's backfired you know me waiting a couple days that's backfired you know like of like having conversations first and then disclosing that back that you know that kind of back so i just started getting to a point where i'm like i just don't give a shit and just put it right on my profile and Mm -hmm. like right out like i remember on my scruff profile it used to be like um i'm not google Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah don't, like if you don't like educate yourself before you talk to me like i'm not i'm not gonna be your science project of like at walking you through this all the time so this is what it is if you don't know what it is go look at it mm-hmm. and uh and that's it but have you ever like been in a scenario where you were like i don't know maybe you like hooked up with someone that you met at a bar or an event or something and then like you tried to have sex but like they just like couldn't get into it or like they rejected you like um, i've had that like not it, um not necessarily in a bar situation but like over scruff funny enough like i was talking to this guy seemed all into it it was like oh it would be my first time like mm-hmm. you know obviously you know walking through that whatever but he was like into it so like we like hooked at like went over and like tried to hook up and it was like yeah this is not not for me so hmm. i mean it's kind of a little like defeating but at the same time like you already set the expectations where it's like your first time so you're not like really kind of um ex- expecting yeah but did you like not much? internalize like any of that like i don't know i'm fucking 35 now like i don't i don't i don't care if i'm not your thing yeah. i'm not your thing yeah. like okay. that's all like i don't this is what it is i get that i mean so like a lot of fetishizing happens though wh- so what do you mean by that like a lot of guys like that don't, um, so gay men, not all gay men. I'm not like, I'm not saying like this is the entire gay man no, community no. or queer, yeah. queer gay men at all. But I, I feel like there's, um, a lot of individuals out there that have like their gold gay star that have never been with a woman mm-hmm. and that a trans man is like, I'm not really with a woman, but you know, if they haven't had bottom surgery, I get to have sex with, you know, biological female part yeah so i feel like that's like well you look like a dude but right to have that like i don't know first time i guess yeah in in the sense of that or there are people that just fetishize trans individuals yeah sexually Hmm. have you like have you been hooking up with someone and they like said something like that to you like not a fetish well i've had like messages for sure like Mm -hmm. send my way like not necessarily in a fetish way i've got the um i've got the opposite where i've been like uh 
uh, with a woman that then was like, oh, this was, you know, it was an easy step to see if I like women, which is such a huge slap. In th- like, that's a more slap oh, in the face no, than like being awful. called, being called like a fetish. Yeah. I would rather be somebody's fetish because I know I could probably make some money off of it yeah. <laughs> than like so um, someone refer to you as a woman. A hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? Ma'am, I can grow a better beard than your brother can. Yeah. And have bigger dick energy, first of all. Huh. That's interesting. So, so now I'm just curious because I've, I've never actually asked you this. But like, so on the opposite side of the scale, because you are so masculine, mm-hmm. I think in like how you present, like, are a lot of guys like wanting you to like top like too? Like, are, is that like a request that a lot of guys have had like in your, in your past? Um, no. No? I mean, like... Or, or, not really yeah, like okay. i mean again it comes down to like having uh it on my profile that like i'm first like i don't mind topic and stuff mm-hmm. like that or whatever like i definitely can do it but i'm like more versatile of like um on that but sometimes yeah mm-hmm. like i've had people ask but most of the times not no just and like do you like just for the audience like i guess like yeah like is it different for you like bottoming versus topping like i think for any like any trans individual or anybody i mean we all have like our likes and voice ace enough no i'm just so rambunctious i'm just looking outside maybe see if i'll go out stop I just think for like any like trans or like non-binary person or like any individual, I mean any individual really of like mm-hmm. what they like, what they don't like. Um, I mean, I've read, I think I've said this in a, uh, like an earlier podcast too. Like I've read those like 101 things not to say to a trans mm-hmm. guy and stuff like that. I find it like, I, oh, I, I roll my eyes so hard at that because what works for you may not work for me and what works for me may not work for you. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know for me, I've literally kind of embraced again. Like I think cause I transitioned so early that a lot of my twenties was discovering myself in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. So like, I just, I mean, everything in life, I've just, you know, I, I've never really said no mm-hmm. to anything in the sense of like trying something new. I always jokingly would say like, um, you know, I'll try it once thrice if I like it. You know, I, th- I feel like that's with anything in mm-hmm. life. Like if you are unsure and you give it a good try, but it's like, oh, I still don't know if I like that. Even with food, you know, if you try it at least three times, you can really have like a solid, yeah, I, I did like it or I did not like it. Mm-hmm. So, but you, I guess like, I'm sorry, I'm going back again to this sort of question. Like you see, so you, would you say that you've never really felt like a pressure to like take on sort of like a, this sort of like dominant top sort of role? No, I've, I don't like, think I've ever like, honestly, I've never really felt like that. I feel like in, I, if anything, the pressure came from, you know, being in a straight quote unquote straight queer relationship, I guess mm-hmm. with women in the sense because i am extremely masculine obviously i I tend to step into that more masculine protective Mm -hmm. i guess dominant role in that sense but with men like that's never been really an expectation Mm -hmm. i don't think like and like even if i am i mean like our relationship yeah i'm more masculine than you or Mm -hmm. whatever i feel like people look at us being like oh yeah the 
like Tyler's for sure the top and like mm. the dominant one, right? But I guess then when you're in your you were in your sort of like your straight relationships, like did you have to sacrifice? I guess like a lot of your own sexuality, like in order to in the like, wrong be with these people, yeah, in the wrong relationships, one hundred ten percent. Yeah. So what did that look like? You know, I was always like, you know, always having to wear like a strap on mm-hmm. or a pack or whatever, always being the top, that mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, for sure. But I, again, like in the wrong relationships, yes, because that's what was expected. And in right relationships, it was like, you know, we made dynamics work for both of us. And like, you know, both of us got um, pleasure out of that, those mm-hmm. situations, as opposed to just being a very strict um pre-thought role without a conversation i guess and were you ever in like any really like any relationships where like your like partner didn't want to like touch you like sexually and like it was more about that just them like their own pleasure versus yours probably yeah definitely for sure can i like think off the top of my head but not really but i definitely know there was definitely situations that yeah I mean, I wasn't, I didn't laugh. Like those were like in the dating phases and I'm pretty sure those dating phases didn't last very long because of that. Yeah. Right. Or like your first like initial hookups were even trying to have a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. Didn't work out. Okay. I was, I mean, I I was in a relationship with a dude that didn't bother to tell me that he was like strictly a bottom until like a couple months in. And I was like, why? Like, you know, we were never really like sexual or even like fooling around Mm -hmm. and it was very intimate in the sense of like always cuddling or like making out and then, you know, you want to take it to the next level and then, and then we do. And it's like, ah, two bottoms don't make a right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. How about you? Like, what's your, uh, what are you, babe? Well, you see bottom, top bunk or the bottom bunk? I mean, I like both, but like, I don't know. I, for me, it's been interesting. So like similar, I think to to your journey in a way like you know on an opposite sort of scale i guess because you know being someone who's so like presents so femininely especially when i was younger you know it was like there was it sort of came with this whole sort of like set of you know you were always bottoming or had to be the bottom like i had to bottom and like that there was no other sort of role for me but then i was also like very much like fetishized by like the questioning kind of community you know um i can see that so like a lot of you know men who maybe weren't ready to come out of the closet would often like want to hook up with me totally i feel like that with a lot of like straight men with me yeah in the sense of like i'm like the happy middle they get to look at a dude but still know what's comfortable totally and so it was just like you know i think that was really hard on my own like psychological like self my mental health at that time because it was like i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. You know, like, there's a turn on in being with these sort of like, quote unquote, like questions. Yeah, you're the dirty, guys, little, you're the you dirty little secret too. But like, but then I never felt like I was like worthy enough mm-hmm. of them ever being with me and that I was always just sort of like them trying to get off. And like, yeah. you know, so it's interesting because it's like, you know, there was this one, one guy in particular that I like hooked up with a lot, you know, when, when I was younger and he would like bring me lingerie and like want me to like wear these like things for him, like all of the time. And, you know, it was hard for me to like not get emotionally sort of like involved with this person, like because we were hooking up for such a long time, you know? So it's just like, it's like things like that. Like I, it was, it was hard for me to like separate, you know, the sex and like my sort of like emotional connection because, you know, I also experienced like a lot of rejection because totally. I think like within the, the like gay, like men, like the gay community, like of men, you know, there's a lot of like self like hate to femininity you know Mm -hmm. and and like i really went through it a lot like of gay men like shaming me for being feminine you know and like be like oh you know like i I think i i can't remember if i shared this on another podcast episode but like you know like i used to hook up with this guy and like as i would enter his house he would hand me like a wet wipe and tell me to like clean clean my my makeup makeup off off. you know and it's like that the like men only wanted to really like Mm-hmm. A, another group of men only really wanted to be with me if I was like presenting like more masculine, you know? Yeah, and, totally. And so, you know, it was like, it was frustrating because it's like, I just, I think I've, I've really struggled. I think in my, my sort of sexual journey of like finding like, where is my authentic sexual self, you know, and, and understanding like who, who miles is in sort of that frame, because, you know, like I, as someone who I think I like, because of my own internalized like trauma and shame like I I sort of like have seeked validation through sex that like you know like I was like okay I'm going to be the best bottom that's out there you know and it's like but you know now that I'm with you it's like it's really like made me question sort of like a lot of like the my past like sexual things that like really turned me on and and you know and and because i'm like was i doing that for myself or was i doing that to like get someone else off yeah and i feel like i don't know i feel like this it comes down to being in a healthy relationship and that you have like the trust and ability to trust somebody i mean uh, let's be honest sex is pretty vulnerable Mm -hmm, right like like sex is a very vulnerable thing to share with somebody Mm -hmm. especially like the beginning let alone 
um, have that trust and comfortability level where you as a couple can either work through past trauma or the shame that you had felt of bottoming and maybe not, you know, you never thought, I, I, you've said this to me before, um, that you didn't think that you um, ha- could give yourself the right to be a, a top or, mm-hmm. or be dominant. And like, you know, in our relationship, we've we've had that very open and trusting um, communication where that it allows both of us to be, you know, either have the conversation about it or have the ability to bring up stuff that you want to try or that yeah. I, I want to try. Or It was one of my biggest fears like mm-hmm. when we first, like, you know, I think that's probably part of the reason why I think <laughs> I kept you in the friend zone for so long was because I, I think I had to get over my own internalized like fear and shame. I think with like, being comfortable being in this sort of like top role but like i want to talk about that because like i feel like everybody assumes that i I don't i can't speak about trans women but i feel like they probably have the same um issues Mm -hmm. in the sense that people expect especially maybe if they don't have um, bottom surgery yet Mm -hmm. that they're gonna top yeah right and i feel like the expectation for trans men is that we're always just gonna bend over and bottom and you know what i mean and like be the bottom in that relationship. I don't or- know if I thought that with, I don't, I wouldn't say that I thought that as like a general thing. Mm-hmm. I would just say that like based off of like, yeah, you know, the first like- time that we met up, it's like I topped, you know? And so like, I think I was basing it off of like that sort of experience, you know? So totally, but I don't, I don't even think our first, like, yes, physically, maybe, but being a bo- like, just because I don't physically have like a phallus to insert and mm-hmm. like do the, work Mm -hmm. in that sense doesn't mean i'm not topping you like i think it's very much like i think it's very much mental thing and like uh not necessarily even a dominance thing but you know i can still top you by not having to penetrate you at the same time 100 percent, it's energetic and i think like that's a lot of like I could be wrong, but for me, I feel like it's a lot of misconceptions in the sense of like, just because I don't have bottom surgery mm-hmm. makes me a bottom. Totally. And just because I don't want to wear toys to mm-hmm. top doesn't also make me like not topping you. For sure. Right. It's I very much, e- very much energy and like, um, how you take, uh, you know, your partner or in the sense of like, just the energy output. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. I feel like that's, I feel like that's, I feel like that's the one of the biggest, biggest things. Like I feel like for sure I've, I've definitely had the expectations that, you know, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be the bottom and whoever Mm -hmm. I'm with is going to be the top all the time in the sense of like always penetrating, always being the dominant one, always whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? No, and I think it's important that you brought that up because it is, I think it's like, you know, I think it's like this balance that you create together with your partner. and, And I totally feel like that, you know, we sort of have created this very like safe space and, you know, and I, I feel like, yeah, like you said, like, it's like, even though you're not inserting something, inserting something in me, it's like, I still like share that same feeling that Mm -hmm. I sort of like got, because again, it's like this energetic exchange, I think between two people. So, um, I didn't realize that that was possible, (laughs) you know, like that, that, that's, that's what I think is a surprising I think kind of in this and in, in my sort of journey. And I think, I think like, this. I think it goes for anybody in any like sexual relationship is that like you and your partner have to 
have to have conversations Mm -hmm. really i think like conversations and like understanding about you know your own sexual journey is like a couple because if you don't have those conversations one person's always going to be left out Mm -hmm. in the sense of like either their needs or whatever and the conversations could just be like as simple as like while it's happening like oh do you like that or like Mm -hmm. you know let me know if i can do something else or whatever but even more so in the sense of if like if you know you bottoming and you wanting me to um take on the role of like penetrating like we need to have that conversation because if that's something that's like a big part that's missing Mm -hmm. right you know we need to kind of like readjust and reevaluate i feel like a lot of relationships just kind of go um you know, through the motions of like your, the comfortability and like nothing ever changes. Right. Cause then you get in the like, okay, well it's six o'clock it's after dinner. It's mm-hmm. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get a blow drop for a little bit. Then I'm going to yeah. be flipped over. Right. Like, but then like, I hear like other couples like our, our age that are like, yeah, we go out and buy toys mm-hmm. together. And like, this is straight couples too. Turn us out the man. Sure. And I think it's something that, you know, like, I think as the longer that we, that we're dating, it's, you know, I think it's been sort of like an evolution, I think, within our own relationship. And like you said, like, I think we've been having these sort of conversations as we go because, you know, it's like, I I don't think that staying on that same rhythm, like the entire relationship is necessarily healthy either. And like, I think the further you get along in a relationship, the more comfortable you get and the more your like sexuality like grows together. And, and, but I think a lot of that is that if you don't feel safe with the person that you're having sex with that vulnerability, right. Mm -hmm. The trust level totally isn't there. The trust level is not there. Then I feel like a lot of things in a relationship are also not there. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate that, you know, with, with us. And I feel like we've been, you know, we've been having a lot of conversations, you know, in our relationship and as our relationship is growing, because like, I don't know, I, it's only been sort of recently that I've been kind of like bringing up like, Oh, like I would like to sort of maybe explore penetration, like with you, you know, like in me receiving and, that wasn't sort of something that I've sort of like desired, I guess, for like the first part of our relationship. And, mm. you know, like we tried it once and it was fine. It was fine, you know, but I was like more into the opposite. I think I was like enjoying the newness of, <laughs> you know, of, of getting to kind of top in, like in air quotes, you know, but, you know, so it, it is. And I think, I think it's important to be patient and that, you know, it's going to be a journey together. And even like going back to when we first started dating, it was like, I don't know. I had no idea. I was like, what, what feels good? I've never like sort of experienced that. And I think, I don't know, I I awkwardly asked, I think a lot of questions (laughs) in the beginning, I think like being like, okay, does, does my finger feel good this way? Does, you know, me sucking your cock feel good this way? Okay. Too fast. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know. It's like a, a total, you know, different bits than, than what I'm used to pleasuring myself with. Right. So. The size just smaller. Hey. (laughs) way easier to have sex with though (laughs) i have to say yeah on your end because you don't have to do the fucking cleanup (laughs) so rude (laughs) so rude no but also just like like, it's so easy with the cleanup they say (laughs) 
<laughs> but like, who has to travel with the who has to travel with the wet wipes, babe? You or me? <laughs> but not just that. Like even from the beginning. Like I mean. You know, I there's think, not a lot of let, let's change that to the preparation is different. The preparation is different. Like when you have like <laughs> sex anally, there's a lot of prep that goes into that, you know, to like make sure the pipes are clean and, you know, and make sure it can fit into the pipe. So like, you know, I, it's, it's great. You know, I, I like that we can be a little bit more like spontaneous unless I have like a salty dick one day and, <laughs> and I burn, burned you from the inside. So don't recommend have shower friends <laughs> but, <laughs> christ almighty yeah but it's you know we laugh about it <laughs> <laughs> lesson learned don't try to have sex after miles goes for a run yeah uh zero out of ten <laughs> <laughs> i'll leave that on your yelp review don't worry um but you know and and, and whatever i i think it's i think it's been interesting but so I guess too, like, because we haven't really talked about this yet. And I do, I do want to quickly touch on it. Like, so because, you know, like I'm living with HIV and we sort of like have gone sort of through, I think that that affects like part of our, our like, you know, sex as well. Like, I guess like, did you have any like fears when it came to like us having sex or things like that? Um, no, I didn't. I, I, we've talked about this in like a previous episode too, mm-hmm. like consent. Like I didn't really have a whole lot of fears because I um, took the time to educate myself and I've had friends that are also um, HIV positive mm-hmm. and it's like with those conversations and understanding medication and the stuff, uh, you know, what obviously like being safe with like condoms and like, as if you would with any STD or STI, like I, I already did my like kind of research. Um, we had a conversation. You explained to me very, uh, early on that, you know, you're undetectable. So I already understood what that meant, Mm -hmm. um, for us. Um, I, so that means that there's like a zero chance of transmission. So like, I can't can't give HIV to Tyler. It's like physically impossible. Um, so no, I really wasn't like, I didn't really have any like reservations in that sense Mm -hmm. of like, or being scared. I think, um, I think the only like moment that we had that I kind of like had that like kind of like second guess was um after we had sex the one time and you know whatever it, I had gotten a little cut on mm-hmm. the inside of me and I was bleeding. I, um, I like to grow my nails out and uh, yeah, Miles Edward scissor hand committed to short lesbian nails. No, Edward so. scissor hand me and um. <laughs> this was like pre-gaming anyways whatever um obviously within our relationship we're still uh at the beginning we were like using condoms and stuff Mm -hmm. now you know being monogamous and stuff we have not yeah and um i think the fear of like knowing that i was cut and had that i I was bleeding Mm -hmm. um and after us finishing up i like came back to the room and i was like um i know does this like, can you explain this to me again? Like, I I did have that little bit of I knew what undetectable meant. I knew that there was a zero chance, but again, like knowing the like it, it is a bloodborne pathogen. Like, the chance of like either having rips and tears happen. Mm-hmm. Like, does that increase more on my end or not? Like, do we need do I also need to go on prep? But like, yeah, that was the only honestly that was the only time. And then after we had a conversation, I was like, okay, like yeah. you kind of like talked me off that ledge and like walked me through it because. 
I mean, I think you you would probably be just as scared. I I, I was like, you know, even though I like confidently knew the answers to that, like there still was sort of this like moment of like, I was feeling mm-hmm. shame and like questioning, you know, like the science behind my medication and like, totally, because you can't see the results. You take a totally, pill, you can't see the results. Yeah. I mean, other than through like your blood work, but yeah, it's hard because it, you know, yeah, like I'm living with an mm-hmm. invisible disease. Right. The only, so. And like, I mean, I have obviously had conversations with my doctor. We talked about going on prep and what that would mean uh, for, for myself and like really. So prep is like uh it's like a medication that Tyler can take that basically like it prevents you from contracting HIV. So, you know, I highly recommend, you know, people who are like young and queer and or really anyone that's single that's having unprotected sex with people like to go on to go on PrEP because it's a really great way of preventing, you know, contracting HIV. But but then your doctor. Oh, yeah. So, and like, uh, I had a conversation with my doctor in the sense of like what that means for me because I'm already on testosterone. The prep would put even more, um, more work onto my liver and, um, and my kidneys. So, was that something that I was willing to take into consideration as well? And, um, you know, uh, are we having unprotected like anal sex? Because mm-hmm. uh, with like anal sex, obviously, I think is like There's the higher risk. risk of transmission. Uh, so, what does that look like? And, you know, it's just making the smart decisions and having these conversations with your partner together. Mm-hmm. And again, like the only risk at this point is like if someone was uh, was not undetectable, mm-hmm. you know, like regardless, because I am undetectable, there is zero risks, like regardless if there is like a risk yes. or anything like that. But that being said, like, you know, something that I do want to share, like, yes, it's great that prep exists, but depending on, you know, the your like your sexual anatomy that you have. So like, if you are not like if you were born with a penis, like. PrEP is like, it's basically like 100% like effective to preventing HIV. But if you weren't born with a penis, like it's actually like much lower. I think it's like closer to like 68 sort of percent of like the efficacy. So, which I don't think a lot of people know when you told me that like a few weeks ago, I was like, this is, that's crazy to me that like, because you don't hear that you hear, all you hear is that it's, you know, the, the, um, eliminating, yeah, but they're, yeah, which is just, it's unfortunate. It's coming, like, there is, like, you know, more and more research, mm-hmm. like, happening because, you know, now, um, you know, it's, like, one out of four new cases of people being diagnosed with HIV is in women, and it's the first time that it's actually, like, the newly diagnosed cases are higher than queer men, um, you know, so it's no longer, like, a gay man's disease, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I think there is still a lot of like work to be done, you know, sure. in terms of like protection and, and it is a great thing. There's also PEP, which is like, if you think that you were at risk of contracting HIV, you can take PEP. I think it's like within, I think it's like three or four days of, of like uh, being, hours or something yeah, like being exposed to it. And it will like make sure that you don't, that you don't get it. But, um, like well, with that being said, even though like there's other things in place, right? Like. I think we all need to be aware of our sexual health and like take care of our sexual health and Mm -hmm. using like, if we are hooking up um, or if you are hooking up uh, like within the community and stuff like condoms and making sure that you keep yourself safe and having these conversations. Again, it goes back to like conversations. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I don't trust a whole lot of people. So like even having those conversations of being like, Hey, or how, like, like, when did you get tested? When did you get tested? Oh my God. It's so easy for somebody to to like be like, Oh yeah, it just happened. I'm, I, you know, whatever I'm, I'm free of all STDs or STIs. Meanwhile. Right. 
Totally. And so I'm going to, I'm going to teach you something today. So actually the use of like STD is not like, we actually don't use that. Term. Really? Yeah. It's Anymore? been completely eliminated. So what's, what's the use now? It's just a, like sexually SCI. transmitted infections. Interesting. Because yeah, like it's the, like saying it's just, it's, it's a disease is like, there's like stigma. Is it not it's inclusive? A, it isn't. Yeah. Like we just, it's something that in, in like the health spectrum, we actually like don't say it anymore. So it's, awesome. it's, everything is like encompassed in an in infection because like everything's treatable. Right. So, um, interesting. Yeah. Just a little fun fact. Fun cool. fact. What GI Joe's used to say? Now, you know, <laughs> see funny one. <laughs> um, if we missed anything. I really hope my mom doesn't listen to this episode. Like, I'm just going to, like, just block her. Just be like, you can't listen to episode whatever this episode turns out to be. Okay, so I think just to end this episode, do you have any other, like, tips, I guess, for, you know, any trans men that are out there of, like, you know, ways that they could maybe, like, positively discover their sexualities and like what you would suggest um i think like for trans men i mean for anybody really but like you i I understand that we're gonna have like dysphoric moments and like people are gonna be more dysphoric about their bodies um than other people are and i think having like or creating that safe space for you to discover your own body is always going to be um, helpful in the sense of like how you discover your body with somebody else. Um, I think having conversations when you um, are with your partner or getting into a new relationship of having those like boundaries of what's comfortable and what's not comfortable for you would probably, um, I think would go like a long way as well. Right. Cause mm-hmm. then it, then it's, it's not setting you up to be in a awkward um, or vulnerable position where somebody does something that they don't like, but they didn't know that you didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a lot of trans men, like just because don't try to get hung up on stuff in the sense of just because it, it you know, you read a book that this shouldn't be done to you or shouldn't be said mm-hmm. to you. Like you need to, you need to figure out if that is okay for you. And, and if it's not, then that's fine too. But if it is, then like you, you, you can reclaim that. Like it, it, it's not, um, not every trans guy is going to like penetration, but, uh, there's a lot of trans men that like penetration, you know, anally and non-anally. Totally. Right. And it, and it comes down to a comfortability level. Obviously it comes down to like how you see yourself and, and whatnot. I feel completely comfortable with, you know, my bits, my private bits. Um, right. You like that? Yeah. You know, like I feel comfortable with myself in the sense, like I just never, um, that was never an uncomfortable situation for me. Totally. I, ju- I, think- I just never, I don't think I allowed it to be right. I don't think I allowed my genitals to like be an uncomfortable. And I think you also didn't limit like who you were experimenting with either. Right. Like, no, it was a journey. I mean, I feel like, um, you, <laughs> You have to like take a good self-discovery. I feel like mm-hmm. every trans individual, non-binary individual out there, I mean, I'm sure this applies to gay and lesbians as well, of mm-hmm. like your journey through the way that you travel through life is always constantly changing. So I think you have to like roll with the punches sometimes mm-hmm. and like roll with that roller coaster a little bit of being like, oh, like I don't know, but it's just because you never thought about it, you know, doesn't mean that you have to like 
put it on the back burner. Exactly. Right. Or like feel shame that you did. Like I, I think it's so funny to me that I had a harder times being like, yeah, I'm, I'm gay than I am trans. You know what I mean? Like I, why was that so hard? Like, it, you know wow, what I mean? It, so it shouldn't have been that hard, but I, just, yeah, rolling with the roller coaster. I mean, there's plenty of books. Uh, you could research like miles did. There's a lot of porn sites out there that you can like, uh, to research of, <laughs> Of, um, take that with a grain of salt <laughs> no i'm just saying like watch porn I, I mean you know like for people that have never hooked up with a trans individual before like there's porn out there sure because right? gives you like a little uh, one perspective of, one 100 percent of one yeah. perspective of you know millions but yeah just for trans people i, just, I feel like for trans men just allow yourself to discover that whether it's self-discovery you know by yourself or if you have a partner that's you know you have that trusting capability um and safe space with totally and i so thank you for sharing that and i also think for like you know non-binary people out there who you know maybe are embracing a bit more of their like femininity or, or it could be like their masculinity too like i think don't change like who you are in order to like have sex with people and I think that was like yeah, one totally. of my biggest sort of like learnings, I think, on my journey is like, you know, something I always told myself or I remember a friend of mine told me was like, oh, if like he can't love you with lipstick on, then he doesn't deserve you. And, you know, I think I've always like, ever since like I, I got told that, I think was like a big shift, I think, in how I was presenting to people and like totally yeah like you just don't like it's gonna take more from you if you were like taking away the things that bring you joy and happiness to like be sexually with someone and like that person that you're showing them is like maybe not necessarily like the the true version of who you are oh i totally agree with that and like on that note like i just feel as well like um exactly to what you said like if that person can't love you because you're a man with a vagina or a woman mm-hmm. with a penis like mm-hmm. obviously they don't see you as the person that you are yeah they're not worth your time 100 percent. they're not worth your time don't give them your energy right? what did i uh i told you before genders between the ears and not the legs yes, right quoted by tyler austin yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> a little late on that baby anyways um in the sense of like somebody needs to see who you authentically are like if they can't see who you authentically are through and through then they don't really deserve your time and that even even with hookups mm-hmm. like because i feel like every hookup is going to take a little piece of us if they're not seeing you or treating you the way that you want mm-hmm. to be treated right 100 percent. it's a spicy private bits <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.